Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. How's it going, guys? All right. So we've been in James, the book of James. We're in James chapter 4. I'm going to explain, if you're a little confused of what happens when there are tables out, um, what's going to happen is I'm going to talk a little bit, and then I'm going to throw you a question, and then you're going to talk a couple of people at your table about it, and then I'll talk again, and it'll go back and forth like that. All right? Good deal. All right. So before we start, I want to read James. We're going to be looking at James 4, 1 through 10. So I'm just going to read the text again. All right, you can follow along on the screen. James says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, if anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God, do you think the scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. That's why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. All right. So like James, surprisingly, I actually have a half-brother. My half-brother is not Jesus. My half-brother's name is Zach. And he is four years younger than me. And like a lot of siblings, we tended to fight a lot. Um, And it was always over silly things like, I was really bossy and liked to tell him what to do. So if, like, on our list we had to accomplish getting dishes clean and taking out the trash, I would make sure that he did whatever, which one was supposed to be his, okay? So a lot of our fights stemmed from that, from me, like, wanting to make sure he got his stuff done and controlling him. And I remember one fight in particular. Don't know if it was, like, fighting, like, Zach, take out the garbage, and he, like, didn't want to. But I remember he, like, punched me. And I got so mad, and I looked to the left, and there was, like, this weird, um, oh, I just forgot the word of it. It's where you flip it over in time, like, the sand comes down, that thing, hourglass. But it was SpongeBob-themed, and it had water in it, and I don't really know what it was. But I picked it up, and I threw it, not really expecting to hit him, but I had good aim. And I hit him right in the head, and his head started gushing blood, and it, like, broke everywhere. And I did exactly what you guys would do. I ran over to him and I was like, you're okay, you're okay. Tell mom, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. I'll do anything, you're fine. Um, And I got in trouble, all right? So, fought with my brother a lot. I'm going to ask you to have a couple people at your tables just discuss the first question that James asks us in chapter 4. What causes fights and quarrels, fun word, among you? What causes fights among you? James asks the question, what causes fights and quarrels among you? And then he answers the question that he asked people in the next verse. He says, don't they come from your desires that battle within you? 
Don't fights happen because of something that's going on within you. James would later go on to say that these desires are not being met for a couple of reasons. One, you're not asking God to give you those, to fulfill those. Or two, you are asking, but you're asking for the wrong things in the wrong ways. So if I were to sum up what causes quarrels and fights among us, James would say it's because we don't seek God. That's what causes fights and quarrels among us. So I didn't ask you what you said, but being in high school once, I imagine you might have said that you fight with your parents. Is that true? Anyone fight with your parents? And I'm wondering if maybe we fight with our parents because we haven't given ourselves over to seeking out God as being our father, right? We want our parents to do some sort of, like, be the awesome parent, be the cool parent. Or they're just, they hate me and they're so mean. But maybe that's because we haven't sought out God as father. Did some of you talk about your siblings or your boyfriend and girlfriend? Do you fight with them? (laughs) Who? And I wonder, I wonder if we choose to fight with, say, our boyfriend and girlfriend, because we do not seek love from Jesus. Did you guys say you fight with your friends? That might be the one that everyone said, right? Fighting with friends. And I wonder if we don't fight with our friends because we don't seek out friendship with the Holy Spirit. James says, what causes fights and quarrels among you And he goes on to say it's these desires within you that aren't being met, and it's because you're not asking God or you're asking him the wrong way. You're not seeking God, and so you have these things in you that are causing all of these problems, right? And he goes on to say in verse 4, he gets really crazy with them. He says, you adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. And this isn't like God says, you're my enemy. But you are saying by choosing things of the world that God's my enemy. I've chosen my allegiance with the world, right? I've chosen to, instead of seeking love from Jesus, knowing God is my father, having friendship and communion with the Holy Spirit, I've chosen to fight with my friends, fight with my parents, fight with my boyfriend and girlfriend, fight with my siblings, fight with people I don't even really know because we don't seek God. And that's what the world does, okay? James says that is the language of the world. That is what they're going to fight with. That's what they're going to do, okay? So my next question is this. James talks about You don't have these desires that are within you because you're, one, not asking God for them. So you do not have them, verse 2. Verse 3, he says, or you're asking God for these things, but they're not things that he's going to give you, or you're asking them in a completely different and wrong way. So here's my question I want you to talk about in your groups. What are you praying about and asking God for right now? Just a couple people share. Just a couple people share. What are you praying about and asking God for right now? Raise your hand if as you were talking or as you were listening, you were realizing, okay, maybe I do ask God for some selfish things. Just me? All right. 
that I'm talking to myself and you guys just get to hear. I have definitely prayed for selfish things, and this is how I knew. When I was in college at Ozark Christian College, I had a professor, and my memory doesn't do me well because I don't even remember who it was, but I had a professor who would say um, this quote. I don't know if it was his or he quoted someone else, but he'd say, if God answered every one of your prayers in the way that you prayed it, would you be advancing his kingdom or your own kingdom? And I was like, oh, interesting. And God's calling you. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) And so he had us um, write, like log our prayers, like in a prayer journal. He was like, okay, write down what things you're praying for. And then you can see with those things that you're praying for, if God answered every single one of them in the way that you asked, would that be advancing his kingdom or your own? And I was like, Oh my goodness. And I saw, like I'm selfish. I was like, Lord, let it be a good day. Let it not rain. You know, not for a reason to like help anyone else. It's just like, I don't want rain, you know? Or it'd be something silly like, oh, I really hope I pass this test. Anyone been there? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what would that do? If God let me pass the test without studying, does that help advance his kingdom? I don't know. I don't know. So James, again, listen, he says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. And this is the part that gets me. So I'm thinking, all right, when I pray, am I asking God to give me things that are going to sustain me or am I asking him to sustain me? Am I asking God to just give me things or am I asking God to give me himself? The kingdom of the world, right? You're just about getting things, okay? I need money. I need sleep. I need face masks to make me look like I've been sleeping. I need clothes, all of this stuff. But the kingdom of God is, I need more of God. And that hit me. I was like, Dang, what am I praying about? What am I praying about? But here, here's what I like. Verse 5, James goes into and he says, Do you think the scripture says without reason that he, God, jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? Do you think scripture for no reason says that? That he longs for the spirit that he has given to dwell within us? Here is the part that I love. God longs to be with his people, okay? If you look at the Bible as a whole story, Genesis to Revelation, God longs to be with his people. That's a part of the reason he sent Jesus, right? Because of Jesus, we get to be back with God once again, okay? We know that God so loved the world, right? He gave us Jesus. We know that God creates the world in Genesis, and it's really, really good until some things go crazy in Genesis 3, right? The whole narrative of the Bible, every single part of it, is a part of this narrative that God longs to be with the people that he created. And so James says, okay, you're fighting, you're asking for things that are like crazy, and you're not getting the things that you so desire because you're desiring things of the world. But God longs to be with you. And the thing is, for me, last week, um, you wrote down some of the things that 
you need to confess. Mine's pride. I let pride get in the way. I let pride distance me from God. And it's not God walking away from me because, Peyton, you're prideful. But it's me not paying attention to God because I'm going wherever I want to go with my own pride. And God longs to be with me. And he longs to be with you. And then James says maybe the best, the best line of this. So are you feeling really bad now? I don't know about you. I'm feeling bad. I'm like, dang it. Praying for the wrong things. Doing the wrong things. Verse 6 says, but he gives us more grace. But God gives us more grace. So discussing your tables, what is grace? Again, I'm a really good researcher. I'm a good researcher. I went to Google and I said, what is grace? If, if your Google says this, we're good. Google said, grace is the free and unmerited favor of God. Let's translate that because what is unmerited and what is favor? Grace is the free and undeserved kindness of God. So while we are worried about asking for, Lord, if you would just make my parents cool, or if you would just make me popular, what if instead of that we asked God, God, would you, instead of increasing my popularity, would you increase my love for you? And God, instead of um, me wanting like a boyfriend or a girlfriend, God, would you increase my love for Jesus? And instead of God, would you just give me a cool parent who lets me do what I want? Because gosh, can I get a break? What if we asked God to increase our obedience to him? And instead of saying, God, would you just fix all of my crazy friends? Because they're a handful. What if we asked God to reveal more of himself to us and in turn reveal who we are and who he sees us to be. God gives us grace. We can be over here asking for these things, but he gives us grace to help us move to this place where we want to know him more, where we want to know him on a deeper level. And so I think from the next section of what James is saying, I think this is what he would want you to hear tonight. This is the challenge for tonight. For all of us, for me, for you. And it's to humble ourselves before the Lord. To humble ourselves before God. And humble is a crazy, like, misrepresented word. That song, like, I don't even know what it's saying. It's probably not talking about humility at all by telling other people to sit down and be humble. But I believe that we are able to actually humble ourselves before God, okay, understand our position to God when we understand his grace that he has given us to understand who he is and know oh my gosh he still loves me like this great creator God who created everything I can be loving the things of the world but in a second he is there with grace to lead me into knowing him more And so I think humbling ourselves before God looks simply like this. Don't think about these mystical, crazy things, but I think it looks like this. I think it looks like letting God be God, okay? Not trying to control everything. Not saying, Lord, would you please make these crazy people all right again? Not saying, God, would you make my brother take out the trash? Right? I think humbling ourselves before the Lord looks like letting God be God and letting us, me and you, Sit where we were always meant to sit, and that's as his child, right? I think humbling ourselves before God looks like letting him 
be in his position of God and us being in our position of being a child. James would write this, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, resist the things of the world, they will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. He longs to be with you. Come near to God and he will be near to you. Wash your hands, purify your hearts, grieve, mourn, wail, change your laughter to mourning, your joy to gloom. Humble? I cannot say humble. Somebody, everybody say humble. Humble, thank you, yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Close your eyes. Don't have anything in your hands. Close your eyes. Now I want you to all touch your heads. Humbling ourselves before God, submitting our whole selves to him. Let's start with our heads. God, we humble our mind and wisdom and submit it to you. May it be used for your glory. Touch your eyes. God, we humble ourselves and submit our vision, the things that we see, the things and the information that we intake to you. May it be used for your glory. Touch your mouth. God, we humble ourselves before you and we give you our words and our speech. We submit them to you. May they be used for your glory. Touch your, or hand out your hands. Hand out your hands. Hold out your hands. Keep your eyes closed. God, we, we submit ourselves to you. We humble ourselves before you. And may the things that we put our hands to, the things that we do, may they be glorifying to you. Touch your feet. God, we humble ourselves before you. May the places that we walk, the groups that we stand in, we submit it to you, that you would use it for your glory. Open your eyes. Your challenge this week is this. I want you to start becoming aware of how you are praying, how you are living, And ask yourself, am I humbling myself before God? Am I submitting to him by how I talk to people, by how I talk to him, and by how I live? Humble yourselves before the Lord, because he will lift you up. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.